This is a Federal News Network podcast. It's not just a slogan. They really do deliver mail through the gloom of night, man in rain and snow. But employees of the U.S. Postal Service have mixed feelings about their employer. The Office of Inspector General took a detailed look at how employees view the Postal Service as employees. Priscilla Lee is a research analyst with the OIG. She talked about the findings with Tom Temin. At the OIG, we were interested in examining views of the Postal Service as an employer. And to do that, we had looked at all sorts of information, including surveys. We focused mainly on online ratings and reviews on websites such as Glassdoor.com and Indeed.com, which have their own surveys there. We also looked at postal surveys, which have been administered monthly and annually. And then we examined postal data on turnover and conversion, which includes everybody. It's the entire universe there of postal workers. So this was basically then a survey of already existing research. You kind of gathered all together. Exactly. Exactly. The Postal Service is gracious in sharing some of their information. And there was stuff that we had gathered ourselves with our team from Glassdoor.com and a little bit from Indeed.com as well. Yeah, Glassdoor can be harsh, you know, on on employers. (laughs) And did you do any personal interviews with different classes of employees just to test your hunches? That was actually outside of the scope of our project, although that would have been very interesting. But we did look at reviews on those websites, which allow employees the chance to speak in their own voice and talk about what they're really feeling, um, which is a little bit different from just surveys where you click one response and it may or may not be exactly how you're feeling. So we thought that might be a great way to kind of allow them to air how they're feeling and get a good idea of what their experience is like. And what is the general finding here? How do employees find the Postal Service as an employer? So our findings were mixed. There was some good news there, and there was also some bad news. We found that on online websites, a lot of the reviewers were praising the high pay. Employees felt a clear sense of purpose at work. And this was also reflected in the postal surveys. So Almost 9 out of 10 respondents understood how their work helped the Postal Service succeed. Another 8 out of 10 felt that the Postal Service was a place where they could build their career. So clearly these employees were resonating with the Postal Mission. But then there was the bad news, which is, in general, the Postal Service is actually rated more poorly than other comparable organizations on sites like Glassdoor and Indeed. And when I say ratings, I mean their scores out of a possible five stars. So you can go on and you can rate a place one star or two stars or three stars, all the way up to five stars. But the Postal Service is often rated below, say, UPS or FedEx. We also compare them against other government organizations, such as the Social Security Administration or the VA. And in each of those cases, they were actually doing poorly compared to these other organizations. We found that three-quarters of the respondents were unengaged or actively disengaged, and that was a number that was fairly consistent over the years of our scope. So when we saw ratings like that, it made us want to dig a little bit deeper, and we began to look for change over time during our scope period, which was fiscal years 2016 to fiscal year 2021. Did the scores vary across the types of employees? Were you able to discern, say, whether letter carriers had one view and people working inside the sorting facilities had another view, and management down there on L'Enfant Plaza and throughout the country had a third view? (laughs) That is a great question. You know what triggered that was when we were looking through the reviews that were on these websites. 
some of the most frequently occurring phrases were things like long hours and work-life balance and there are no benefits. And then feeding that, the no benefits, made us think, hmm, that sounds like non-career folks. So if you wanted to apply for the Postal Service, for instance, you would start as a non-career employee, which means that your hours wouldn't be as steady and you would have fewer benefits, like you might not have access to health care, for instance. So then we took another look at those statistics and we dug a little bit deeper. And that's when we started to see, especially when we compared non-career employees, so those who are starting out, against the career employees who make up the bulk of the Postal Service, we found there was this clear difference. So when we looked at star ratings, for instance, career employees gave higher ratings to the Postal Service than non-career employees, and that was for every year. We found that the percent who recommended the Postal Service, that one also, there was a clear difference between career employees who said that they would. There were more career employees who said that they would versus non-career employees who said that they wouldn't. All right. So much for the contracting way of life or the gig economy, I guess. We're speaking with Priscilla <laughs> Lee. She's a research analyst in the Research and Insight Solutions Center at the Postal Service Office of Inspector General. And you were going to mention how the results have changed over time. What are the trends here in terms of how much people love their employer at the Postal Service? Yeah, that one, there was a little bit of bad news there. So we did find that there was a lot of decline over those years. For instance, in general, the yearly average ratings on Glassdoor declined over time. Um, And then I also talked about whether you would recommend your employer or not, for instance. We found that That number has declined from 40% who said that they would at the beginning of the scope all the way down to 25% now. Um, And this is something that's reflected in the postal surveys as well. So we found that strong positive sentiments at the beginning of the scope had also declined. So an example of that would be a 17-point decline in people who strongly agree that they haven't thought about leaving. That also actually holds true in the data as well. So people vote with their feet, right? When they're unhappy, they might turn around and decide to leave where they're working and look for another job. So we did dig into some of the postal data to see what turnover rates looked like. And what we found was, it's great that you would ask about career versus non-career. There was this big difference in career folks versus non-career folks. In terms of their turnover, we found that turnover has been consistent. So that one, there hasn't been much change over time. With career folks, there are only about 6% to 8% of the workforce that was leaving every year. And a huge chunk of that was just due to retirement. So when you take out retired folks, then you only have about 2% of the force that's leaving. But then when you look at non-career turnover, it was about 36 to 43% of non-career folks who are leaving. And that's way above the national turnover rate of 25.5%. And that's a number that has fluctuated over time a little bit. And the Postal Service has been working to lower that to a performance goal of, I believe it's 34%, but they haven't quite reached it yet. All right. And the question I had too, I think you've kind of answered indirectly, and that is, were you able to adjust for what might be a bias in a source like Glassdoor, where maybe just the disgruntled would even bother to go to Glassdoor in the first place, the self-selecting people that are unhappy. We did kind of try to control for that a little bit by taking a look at what else is out there, right? We looked at postal surveys and looked at those results. We looked at postal data sets. But what we found interesting with these websites was that it allows us to triangulate the information that's out there, right? And so it gives us further confidence in the data that we're seeing already and that Postal is already seeing. But then 
even when you set aside the question of these online websites and people are kind of disgruntled and maybe that's why they're coming on. Even if you kind of set that aside, one of the reasons we did look at those websites is because a lot of people turn to these websites, right, when they're looking for a job. In our background research, we came across a survey that said something like 85% of respondents look at online reviews when deciding where to apply, and I think even a third said that they declined a job offer because of negative reviews. So we thought it was important to take a look at online websites so we could see what prospective employees might think about what it's like to work for the Postal Service. They don't have access to the Postal Surveys that we were looking at. And so if they were deciding where to work, they might come here. Yes, you don't want to be like the reviews for Ginzu knives on Amazon, where only the people who got the dull <laughs> ones are reporting in there or something like that. Well, exactly. Did you have any recommendations for the Postal Service to become a better employer and make those trend lines reverse? So, in this paper, we did not offer recommendations, but we did want to note that the Postal Service is aware of these issues. They have made it a strategic goal in their 10 year plan to tackle for instance, non-career turnover. So they've actually already implemented a few initiatives to increase employee retention, and that included things like ensuring that training is completed on time and providing frequent check-ins with your supervisor. I think they're also going to cap hours at a maximum of 40 hours during the first 30 days. And they've also been working with unions to improve the conversion process, and that's where you convert from non-career status to career, and then you get access to all those benefits. For instance, CCAs, which are city carrier assistants, they now have the opportunity to automatically convert to a career position after two years. Priscilla Lee is a research analyst in the Research and Insight Solutions Center at the Postal Service Office of the Inspector General. We'll post this interview along with a link to her report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. And you can get the Federal Drive in your inbox, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual, uh, afloat commands. Uh, The first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Uh, And then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. 
How would you describe your leadership style and how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con- consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from sea to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Um, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up. uh, Make decisions. uh, Do what you think is right. And you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. 
It's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment, and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book, and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, And I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And and, uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, During my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.